Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Brendan Wall. I'm the founder and host of the Dad the Man podcast. And before we jump in, if you haven't already, please do me a huge favor. Leave us a rating and review and subscribe to the show. The support means more to us than you'll ever know. We really appreciate it. Today's guest is none other than Adam Hensley. Adam is best known as the founder, owner, and operator of Garage Gym Lab, which he turned a passion project and side hustle into a thriving business, allowing him to make the leap and leave a successful commercial real estate career behind. Garage Gym Lab reviews gym equipment and produces some amazing content. It's a really great mix of useful and relevant information and pure entertainment. As a home gym owner myself, I've followed Adam for several years now, and it's evident that his passion for the home gym life is heavily driven by not only having a convenient place to work out, but more importantly, the opportunity it provides him to presently lead his kids as a living example and raise them in a house where health and fitness is a priority. From the courage to quit his job and pursue his passion, to his collection of barbells, to the intention he gives his family, Adam is a guy that I respect in so many ways. But above it all, he's an amazing man, husband, and father, which is why I am so excited to have him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Adam Hensley. All right, and we are live. Um, All right, everybody, welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. Today we have a special guest. His name is Adam Hensley of Garage Gym Lab. Um, Adam, before I let you jump in here, I just kind of want to first say I've been been following you for a few years now. Um, I'm a garage gym owner, and uh, I, I wouldn't call myself an aficionado yet but working on it. Um, and you know, me having a garage gym, it's, it's allowed me to have a lot more time that I've been able to allocate to, you know, spend time with my family, with my kids, with my wife. Um, and it's also allowed me to get in a lot of workouts that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. So for, for all the extra hours with my family and extra workouts I've been able to get, I want to first thank you, uh, for that. Cause you've played a role in that for sure. Um, so yeah, thank you. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for having me, Brendan. I'm happy to be here. And you, while you might not be a garage gym aficionado just yet, just give it time. It's a little bit. Um, so what is your favorite lift in the gym? Gosh, uh, I squat a lot, but I would say the deadlift is probably my favorite. I just think there's something pretty cool and awesome about picking heavy things off the floor. So I'd go with the deadlift. I I primarily train squat bench deadlift um, with some accessories thrown in there, but yeah, man, there's just something about the deadlift. that's fun for me. Yep. I think I'd have to agree with you. Um, What's your least favorite lift? The bench press. It's just like, it's (laughs) never been, it's never been a strong lift for me for, for whatever reason. And uh, I kind of dread it. Like (laughs) it's just, I grind on it and try to improve it, but it just kind of stays there. So I, I do a lot of dumbbell presses and things like that to kind of vary it up. But yeah, the, uh, the barbell bench press I'd say is my, my least favorite. 
Gotcha. Uh, what is your uh, favorite piece of equipment that you've either trained on, own yourself, or have reviewed? Oh, gosh. Such a hard question. I get this one a lot. It's just like very, very hard to say. <laughs> um, I would probably go with my with my Sornex rack just because it's it was my first big purchase and it's totally custom to, to Garage Gym Lab branding. And so it just holds a special place in my heart for that reason. Uh, and I use it pretty much every training session. So I love it. Um, the Mars bar is also up there for, uh, for low bar squatting. It's just amazing. And then the, the squat max MD is a, is another one I use really frequently. Yeah. That, that rack that you've got is, is a, it's a tank. That thing is awesome with the custom colors and everything. It, uh, it looks like they really hooked you up. That thing, it pops. They do great work, man. Like in terms of customization, it's hard to beat what Sorenex is offering. Although you're starting to see now more of that in the industry some companies starting to get higher into um, customization which is really cool um, but yeah they do a great job um, what is your or what would you say is the most overrated piece of equipment that a lot that you see frequently that I see frequently I think the reverse hyper is is pretty overrated for, for a home gym owner especially really anything that has limited use and takes up a big footprint in my opinion is overrated for the home gym and yeah you can technically do a pretty decent amount of stuff with the reverse hyper um but the movement itself just never really carried over to my training at least and i think it's controversial in general as to how effective it actually is and back recovery and things like that um but yeah i'd, I'd probably put the reverse hyper up there I, I tend to answer with that for the most part cool um what is your go-to pump-up song for the gym? So say you're, you're going heavy on a deadlift and you're going for a PR one day. What song's going to oh be on the track? Dude, man, that's tough. So I've got a playlist. I listen to a lot of hip-hop, believe it or not. I'm like this 5'8", uh, this you know, be beach boy. You don't, you don't really associate hip-hop with, with me, but I, I typically listen to hip-hop. So, uh, you know any kind of hardcore hip hop for like a heavy, a heavy lift, like, you know, DMX or Eminem or something like that. I'll, I'll probably throw on pretty, pretty good amount. There you uh, go. But otherwise, yeah, just, uh, just any kind of hip hop that gets me in the mood. Nice. There you go. I don't think anybody would argue with you on that. Um, <laughs> what's a, uh, what's a go-to adult beverage for you? Sierra Nevada pale ale. It's my, my go-to beer. I literally have it in my refrigerator at all times. Um, <laughs> it's just, keep, keep it's it just, on you. It's in my, yeah, exactly. In my opinion, it's the most drinkable pale ale out there and I just love it. Nice. Uh, no, if you could share a uh, Sierra Nevada pale ale with anybody in the world, uh, you know, past, present, living, dead, any point in time, uh, who would you share that drink with? That, that is a great question. Um, I would probably pick my wife's grandfather. Um, I never had a chance to meet him. He passed away about a month before I met my wife and the stories that I've heard about him and um, his, his experiences and his attitude and outlook on life just seems to be congruent with, with me. And my wife always says that we're, we have a spitting image, image of each other. And I would have loved to have had a beer with him and, and get to know him a little bit more. Very cool. Um, any book recommendations for, for men, husbands, and fathers out there? So that this could be something in the, in the strength and conditioning world or, uh, or anything, I guess, maybe a little bit more broad to life in general. 
Yeah. Um, the magic of thinking big is, uh, I can't think of the author's name right now is a, is a, one of my favorites. The, uh, the power of the subconscious mind is another book that I tend to gravitate towards and pick up pretty frequently just to open up a few pages, read a chapter here and there and kind of, you know, kick things back off in the, in the old mind there. But, uh, but yeah, those are two of my favorite. They're not really associated with fatherhood or anything like that, but more just mindset and, um, how to sort of attack life. Awesome. Um, I don't know if you're a bucket list guy, um, but, but if you were, um, give me one thing that, uh, that might be on your bucket list. Mm. Um, wonders of the world would love to, would love to get out and travel a little bit more, see the wonders of the world. I, I did a fair amount of international travel prior to, uh, you know, ad- adulthood and becoming a husband and a father. Don't, don't really do too much of that anymore. Uh, at least right now with two young kids, but, but yeah, I, mean, I, I love to travel. I love to experience different cultures and, and, and see the, the great outdoors and what this beautiful world has to offer. Awesome. And uh, last of the warm-up questions, I'll ask you the most probably over-asked question for, for all parents with young kids. Um, are you getting any sleep right now? I am. Yeah. We, my wife is a, she's a pediatric occupational therapist and she is, uh, we were adamant about sleep training early. So mm-hmm. by four, <laughs> our son was born premature, but by four or five months, they were both sleeping. We have two kids, but both sleeping 12, 13 hours a night and they've been great sleepers ever since thank god now my my son is is about to turn four so uh-huh. he has learned how to get off of his bed and open the door and come into our room you know earlier than we'd like yep. but we we got that alarm clock that uh that turns green when it's time to is it the get hatch up. i don't know if it's i don't know what it's called it, yeah. it's it looks like a little little person or something and it's like red whenever it's time to sleep and then it turns green whenever it's time to wake up. And it, it seems to be doing a pretty good job of keeping him in the bed until a certain time. So, yeah, we've, we've done that with our kids as well. I've got two, four, they're four and two, and we just got our two-year-old one and he's nice. trying to figure it out right now. We're like a week into it. Um, it's not going great <laughs> yet, but we're, we're working on it. We're trying to start them early. Well, um, you, you and I, you and I are in the same phase of life then. Yeah. we got a, we got almost four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So we're just a little bit behind you. It's quite the phase, isn't it? Yeah, dude. Yeah. We're in the trenches. I'm sure you are too. Are they, uh, are they getting along yet? Are they kind of button heads or? <laughs> they butt heads a, they butt heads a good bit. I mean, they, they love each other and they play a lot, but like my son is into rescue bots. I don't know if you've watched rescue bots. It's we basically have, we haven't gotten to that one. We're in dinosaurs yeah, a, right now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, his dinosaur phase is very short lived, but uh, it's a it's a spinoff of uh, the trans transformer sort of story, um, and he has like all these transformer rescue bots, and if she picks one up, he's not too keen on that, and they get a little they get a little dicey at that point. But for the most part, they play pretty well. Yeah, that I would say we're we're pretty similar to that in the regard. Like everybody's friends until somebody tries to go pick up Big Brother's toys. And then it's not yep. so much, then, you know, we got a little wrestling match going on and I got a referee. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, let's, I want to go back and I want to talk to you about, um, you know, your childhood. Can you give us like a quick rundown on, let's go back to you as a child, talk about your family dynamic, where you grew up, um, any siblings, uh, who you were as, as a kid. 
Yeah, yeah. My uh, my story is fairly interesting. I mean, my <clears throat> I grew up in a <clears throat> excuse me a small town uh, called Polly's Island in South Carolina. I went to high school with uh, I had nine people in my graduating class, so it was very very small. Wow. Um, yeah, my my parents were they dated for eleven years. They've been married for gosh 40, 40 or so years, but they were both married prior. My dad had two boys with a with their mom. So I have two half brothers, but they're much older than me. They're 15 years older than me, 15 and 14 years older than me. Uh, one lives in Europe. The other one lives in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, and my dad owns some retail stores at, at Myrtle Beach. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of like Broadway at the beach or Barefoot Landing, just kind of the outdoor malls. He had some uh, some T-shirt stores and such there. So I worked there every summer. And otherwise, was just a very active kid. Just played a bunch of sports. Um, kind of had to play sports in my high school because it was so small. Like in order to in order to field a team, like we pretty much had to play. So I played soccer, <laughs> basketball, and golf uh, throughout high school. And then my dad was a big uh, a big gym guy. So he woke me up on my 14th birthday, which was the first day that you could become a member. You had to be 14 years old. Woke me up at 5 a.m. and sang Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole naked which is a great way to get your kid up real fast. And uh, I trained with him in the mornings and uh, all through high school and basically carried that through to my adult life and still do it, still do it today. And that's, that's incredible. So your dad got you up every day from 14 years old on through high school to, uh, mm-hmm. to train. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, you know, I think about that, like, you know, with, I've got two boys and I think about, you know, having the opportunity to do something like that with them when they get older. And, you know, when you think about, like, I think about this all the time, like the way that the way that men te- typically will communicate, like compared to like our female counterpart counterparts, we tend to be a little bit more challenged in this, in this area. <laughs> and I think <laughs> we do a better job uh, of communicating and like peeling things back a little bit when we've got something else that we're doing. So like, you know, like for me right now, like with my four-year-old son, like if I ask him a question about his day and he's, we're just sitting on the couch looking at each other, they'd be like, dad, stop. And like shrug me off and push <laughs> me away. But like, if we're jumping on the trampoline or whatever, and I like ask him a question in that space, he'll tell me about like the little girls in his class and stuff like, like he immediately opens up when there's something else going on. Um, yeah. so that, that's incredible that your, your dad created that, uh, you know, that, that medium for you guys to, I guess, kind of connect in that way and, and have a space to, to develop your relationship. Are there any lessons, I mean, outside of maybe just the, it sounds like, I mean, there's definitely going to be an inherent lesson in, in discipline and consistency and, and him, you know, dragging you out of bed every morning at five. Um, are there any other like lessons or moments or memories that you have from, from those sessions with your dad that, uh, that stand out to you now? Yeah. He, you know, my dad always used to say, do what you love and let it show. And, um, you know, I think that that is, I've tried to carry that through like my career, my, my family and, and everything. And just uh, having a lot of passion in life and, and finding those passions and then really living it out. Um, but aside from that, yeah, the dedication, the commitment, um, working towards something bigger than yourself, something that he always said. And also he used to say, uh, don't let a mo- one moment of stupidity ruin the rest of your life. Anytime I would go out to like, anytime I would go out and like do something like a party or, or you know, go out with friends or whatever, he would always, uh, he would always tell me that. And it was, it was actually a good reminder because I found myself in some situations where 
I could have chosen a different route and it likely maybe could have resulted in something not too positive. So <laughs> that was, that was one that I definitely took from him. That's awesome. Um, so then from there on, I guess, you know, you, you, you move on from high school. I think you went to South Carolina, um, I where, yeah. where I imagine you just majored in garage gym equipment and then the rest all, is yeah. rock and roll history. Yeah, they have one of the best garage gym programs in the, in the world, really. Um, so I, I used that to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to get my, get my, get my degree and I'm doing that now. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so tell us the real story. What, uh, what actually happened from there, from South Carolina yeah. on? Yeah. So my brother, uh, well, I wanted to be a lot of things uh, when I was in high school. I wanted to be a trauma surgeon. Um, I was very serious about becoming a trauma surgeon, but I realized that I, I would have PTSD from that. I like uh, my, if you do like the Myers-Briggs or anything like that, I'm a sensor and a feeler. Um, I care deeply about people and their feelings. And I just, I realized that I would not have been able to go home and like just disconnect from that. I would carry it with me. Um, the, the thought of like telling somebody that we did everything we could kind of, you know, discussion was, was not something that I would have been very good at. Um, yep. so meanwhile, my brother, um, he had moved over to, uh, to Germany and had gotten a job as a bond salesman and was just crushing it, just making a, a huge living financially. And I was like, all right, that's what I'll do. I'll go ahead and make a ton of money. So I studied finance and economics at South Carolina, um, graduated in 2008 in the heart of the recession. Um, first job was, uh, out of that was actually <laughs> managing the real estate owned assets of failed banks. So it was like a very negative thing, like oh, literally going, literally going to banks and like looking through their real estate files while people around you were getting laid off. Um, it was, a, it was just kind of rough, but I stayed in real estate, uh, for, for the next 12 years. I did, um, corporate real estate. I did, um, investment banking, real estate. And then I did direct investments on the multifamily apartment side for five years leading up to garage gym lab. Um, and I know I'm kind of accelerating through the whole thing. So stop me if I am going too fast, but, um, no, you're good. Start, started, started the garage gym lab thing, like in 2017 as a little side hustle. Um, and just never really looked back and it grew to where it, to where it could support my family and I, and during COVID in August, I, I left my full-time career to do this. That's phenomenal. Um, so when you started Garage Gym Lab, I guess, how, how did this start? What spurred it? Was it like a like an interest that you were just kind of dabbling with? Or did you have a vision for what it's turned into uh, today? Or did you have like the entrepreneurial switch flip that a lot of people talk about? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of all of that. I mean... And so in 2016, I, uh, my wife and I bought our first house. We were about to start trying to have a family. And I was waking up at 4 a.m. to go to a gym 45 minutes away, which was near my work. Um, it was a really great gym called the Fitness Factory. And I had been exposed to some really great equipment there, as well as the Brick House in Columbia when I was a student in South Carolina. Um, but the gym didn't have, it was like a warehouse gym, very cool, like grungy kind of feel, mm -hmm. but it didn't have a shower. So I was having to pay a second gym membership just to drive a mile down the road to take a shower <laughs> at the YMCA. And then I was working 80, 90 hours a week at that time. Uh, so I was getting home really late, you know, obviously getting up really early and it just wasn't sustainable. So 
Black Friday 2016, I bought my first uh, little kit. Got a R3 power rack, a Rogue Ohio power bar, some plates, and a flat utility bench from Rogue. Sounds like what I've so, got in the garage. Got my shirt on. Yeah, hey, yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> uh, so I, I built a little platform, mounted it to it, and slowly uh, accumulated a little bit of equipment, nothing too crazy. And then um, and fast forward to August, so this is almost a year later, my wife went into labor with our son six weeks early. And as we were sitting there in the... Uh, in the hospital, I just had the idea. I was like, I don't know if it was like a little crisis I was going through, like with all of that <laughs> going on, but I was like, you know what? I'm passionate about gym equipment. I almost started a blog. If I rewind a little bit about Microsoft Excel, believe it or not, in real oh, estate. Man. I, yeah, I love Microsoft Excel. It's like, <laughs> I, I just, I just love it. I'm but an it accountant, so I can appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> nice. Um, so it never really took off, but I, I realized that at that point that I wanted to try it with gym equipment. Um, so I didn't really know anything about building a website or uh, anything like that. So I told my wife and she was surprised, very surprised. She was like, what? Like we just had a, we just had a baby and you want to start a, a blog about gym equipment. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it won't be a big deal kind of thing. Uh, so anyway, that was in August, fast forward a few months, November, I had the website and a few articles, finally launched it. Um, and just, you know, slowly grew it and just, like I said, never looked back. And once it kind of started to pick up a little bit of steam, then I was, then that entrepreneurial, you know, switch kind of flipped. And I was like, okay, this is, this could potentially be more than just a hobby. Like yeah. I could make this something potentially. That's incredible. Um, so you, you mentioned something, you mentioned, uh, making the decision to, to go full time with it in, in the midst of, of COVID in the midst of the pandemic and everything. Now I want to circle back and talk about that. I'm, I'm going to put a pin right there for a minute. And, yeah. uh, cause I want to talk about what quarantine is like, um, you know, with a family and everything that goes into that, what that experience is like. But before we do that, I kind of want to frame the context uh, for, for everybody listening. So I want to go move for, put a pin there. And then look, I want to talk about um, like your marriage and your kids a little bit more, and then we'll circle back. Um, so when in this story, if we were looking back, at what point did you, I guess, meet your wife? So I met my wife back in 2011. Um, it's actually kind of funny. We both went to South Carolina, but we didn't know each other there, but we were very close friends with a couple who, uh, who was, so she, she was, uh, my wife's best friend in sorority and he was a good friend of mine. They were dating, but we never hung out with each other. Cause my wife was dating a, a, somebody in the military at the time. She was actually out of town, like a good amount of time during the weekends and such. Uh, so <clears throat> anyway, fast forward, like another two, two years or so I was living in Charlotte. They were like, you know what? Brooke and Adam are both single. Let's, uh, let's just go out for, for dinner. Like, We'll introduce them. Maybe something goes of it. Maybe not. My wife was actually living in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. So it was like kind of a long distance thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it first, first night went, went pretty well. And um, <laughs> we uh, exchanged like numbers and just started dating. We did long distance for a little bit. And then she ended up moving back to Charlotte. She's originally from Charlotte. So all of her family's here. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we've been together for, almost 11 years now married for five well coming up on six and uh we got yeah two kids and you know the rest is history yeah that's awesome um so then when you guys bring kids into the mix what was the uh, you know when you have you know when you have a kid everything changes 
Um, but what was, uh, what was one of the bigger, I guess, maybe changes or challenges that, uh, you experienced, uh, personally or, or even in your marriage as well? Um, well, I mean, it's a, it's a learning experience for everybody. Like you just don't realize what is about to happen to you <laughs> until it happens to you. Um, so, you know, it was, a uh, it was just a lot of trial by error. I'd always wanted to be a father, but I don't know that I really expected you know, everything that came with it to, to actually come to fruition, just the, you know, the long nights. Uh, I mean, we all know that it happens and that yep. it's going to happen, but until you actually experience it, it's hard to put into words and, and, and tell people about it. Um, so it's, uh, it's hard to put a, put a pin on any one specific thing, but just becoming a father was very fulfilling, but also very challenging at times. And it still continues to, to have all of that as well. Yeah, that's, that's well said. It's funny. I remember when we were expecting our first, everybody being like, man, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm ready, but I don't know. Jeez. I don't really know what I'm getting into. You know, we're right, fine by the seat right. of our pants in some regard, Exactly. Uh, li living on a prayer. Um, so to, with everything going on in your family, everything, you know, you've got the, the business going, um, you've got the two kids and, and, you know, you have the relationship with your wife. Talk to me a little bit about the role that she plays, uh, for, for your family and, uh, and how you support her in that. Yeah. I don't think that this is going to be news to anybody. I mean, like the, the part that wives play and families is so critical. And I just don't know how this family would get through life without without her i mean she does she does so much like as i said she's a pediatric occupational therapist she uh she manages the household she is so 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 supportive of me i mean to be able to to be okay with you know me starting this side hustle and then all of a sudden dropping the bomb of like yeah in the middle of covid um you're gonna leave your secure job and and go full-time on this so she's got um you know a lot of uh um what's the word i'm looking for she she's just very supportive of, of me and she has a lot of confidence i guess in, in this family and, and what it's about as far as how i support her she has a little side hustle now too which uh, nice. i want to give her i want to give her the opportunity to to kind of flex her entrepreneurial muscles a little bit so she makes um really really cool sensory bins. So if like kids have sensory issues or autism or, or things like that, these, these sensory bins that she puts together, they're very helpful. And, um, you know, I can't explain it to the same level that she can. All yeah. I know is that they're amazing and I hear the feedback from people and it's, uh, she's doing something really, really good. Um, where but, can we, uh, yeah. where can we find, uh, out a little bit more about her business? Give, yeah. Give called, a quick plug uh, real quick. Yeah, for sure, man. It's called Doodlebug Bins. Awesome. So you can find her on Instagram. Uh, it's pretty new. I mean, she just started it during Easter. Um, she was like, yeah, I'll go buy some buy some materials. I'll make about 15 bins or so um, just to kind of sell around our neighborhood. I think she ended up selling like 75. And then, wow. she, yeah, then she uh, she met another one recently. Um, and it's like a, jung a jungle theme. And that was really popular. So now she does she do it for all the major holidays and then she'll do it like custom orders for people as well. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing for, for us is maintaining our relationship, um, which has been challenging, honestly, like during COVID, especially 
and lately just having a two and a four year old. So now we found ourselves a, a quality babysitter, um, Huge. given ourselves, yeah, given ourselves, fortunately we have a bunch of family in town, but we don't want to like take advantage of that too much. Like we almost want to just have the babysitter experience just because it feels more like a date night almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when we were kids, when I was a kid and when my, when my wife was a kid, like we grew up with babysitters and my parents like would go out, our parents would go out and like they would have their dates and it just, it, it feels more like a date to me. I don't know why, but it does. So, <laughs> so we're trying to, we're trying to do that. Like, every it's like you're really earning week, it at least. Yeah. You're really earning it. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and I think the kids, the kids like it too. I mean, they get to hang out with somebody new and, and all, but yeah, man. So that's, uh, that's that. What is, uh, what does date night look like for you guys these days? Dinner drinks. Um, I mean, <laughs> up until what, a, a couple months ago, everything was pretty much shut down, yeah. not shut down, <laughs> but like it was, um, it wasn't wide open. So yeah. you like, couldn't go to the movie, you couldn't go to the movies and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically just going out and getting a couple, get a couple drinks, having a good dinner, uh, maybe walking around like a, a local park or something like that. But that's, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Cool. Um, is there a trait about, uh, maybe about your wife that you appreciate respect, anything that really comes to mind, something that maybe lends, uh, lends a hand to, to the role that she plays in your family? complete and utter selflessness she is uh she will put her kids and anything i mean she she put a lot of things in front of her um so that she can almost say she's a people pleaser but she she gets a lot of satisfaction and she loves to to help people um and to to see them succeed and to see them thrive and, and be happy um that's what, that's what makes her happy. So she's, she's just completely selfless. And I think that's what makes her who she is. That's awesome. And I appreciate you opening it up and, and really answering those with, with, with some real thought. You know, the reason I like asking those kinds of questions is just to, to shine a light on really, you know, just kind of, I don't know what it, just showing the appreciation for, for what our wives do in our, in our lives and, and what they do for us. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing what they do. Like you said, nobody would argue it. Um, but it's one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is that, is that role. So I appreciate you speaking to it the way, the way that you did. Um, yeah, sure, man. so if I, if we think about where you are now, you've been married, you got a couple of years under your belt now, if you yeah. were going to go back in time and give, uh, give yourself some advice, uh, five, six years ago, when you're about to get married, uh, what would you tell yourself? Oh man, that's a, that's a good one. The old time um, machine question. I would say never stop dating, dating your spouse. Um, That's a great one. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's times like as a parent where it kind of gets away from you, obviously when things like COVID happen, things can get away from you, things that in your career, it can kind of get away from you. Um, but it is like the most important thing, because if you're not happy in your marriage, then it's going to trickle down to the, to the entire system of your family. I really do believe that. So uh, taking the time to, to really date your spouse and, and keep that sort of, you know, proverbial candle lit is, uh, is I think, of utmost importance in a marriage. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I would absolutely echo that. And I'd probably answer it 
answer that question in the same way. It's, it's something yeah. that I've certainly, you know, failed at and struggled with in the past. And the way I've thought about that is like, I think, I think it's natural. Like you said, so many other things going on, other distractions, like the default kind of gets set for us. Like work is the default or like training is the default or like, you know, we have these other things. And then, um, I mean, really it was, it was the COVID quarantine and that time really had to like wind back, like, what is my default? Um, right. And kind of retrain my brain, I guess, to, to really lean back into, into the relationship and making sure that that not, I'm not just saying it's the top priority, but that it is getting the love yeah. that it needs and showing that it is top priority. Um, yeah. so let's, so let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about your kids, uh, just a little bit more. We, we, uh, we hit on them just a little bit. So you've got two, um, you've got a, a correct me if I'm wrong, a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old girl. Is that right? Yeah, they're, yeah, my son turned four in August and then our daughter, she'll be two in October. So they're, they're pretty close to four and two respectively. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, man, they're, uh, balls of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can, uh, I can absolutely relate. It's a, it's a super fun stage. I, I think about this stage all the time. It's like, uh, that old, that old scene in the office where I don't know if you've watched the office, but Andy Bernard says something like, man, I wish there was a way to know when the good old days were like when you're in them. And that's how <laughs> right. I feel now. I'm like, these are the good old days. It's, it's hard as hell and it's chaos, but you know, trying to soak it all up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, are there any, uh, values or lessons that you are either focusing on right now with your kids? I know they're young. Um, but you know, if, if you're focusing on these lessons now, or you plan to in the future, are there, are there any that kind of come to mind that are, are top of the list to, to instill in your, in your kids' brains? Yeah, dude. All right. So home gyms are, are more to me than just pieces of equipment. I believe this at my core, we are living in a digital era. We are living in an era where kids are literally watching other kids play video games. Like they're not even playing the video games. Like when you and I were growing up, we at least play the video games. Now kids yep. are just watching other people play the video <laughs> games, which is amazing to me. And it's a, it's a, it, in my eyes, at least in my opinion, it's a scary trend. And I think that having a home gym is an amazing way to instill a healthy and active lifestyle in your kids' lives, as well as your own parents are, are now going to have more opportunity to to lead by example to stay healthy to train and then they can you know bring their kids into that and and still the, the the same type of thing just like my dad did At, you know granted that wasn't in a home gym but the, the it still exists so now i take my kids out there like when my wife makes them smoothies she makes them like these really bomb like fruit and veggie smoothies they don't like the sound of the blender so they come out with me and then you know, they, they pick up the 10 pound medicine ball and they just walk around with it. And they, yeah. <laughs> and they're just, you know, they're not, they're not old enough to, to, you know, go out there and train obviously, but it's just cool to be able to experience that with them and instill it like early on. So like now when my son sees a garage, um, my wife would be like, Hudson, where's the, where's the gym? And he's like, I, I don't, I was like, I don't know. It's a good question. Like there's cars in there. What's wrong um, with this? What's wrong with this garage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I would say that that's good. That's a big one for me is instilling a, a, an active lifestyle. Doesn't have, you don't have to, my, my son is not into sports at all, at least yet, not yet, which is fine. Like if he wants to play with rescue bots outside and, and dance around, like 
he loves to dance like that's awesome like go dance dude dance your face off like do whatever makes you happy but don't just sit around all day like we're not doing that in this household basically kind of thing <laughs> i love it i love it i wish i could I, I wish i could force every parent of young children to hear what you just said and that's really the goal of this whole show is to get everybody to hear things like what you just said that's that's incredible um what is your favorite part about being a dad right now? And that's, that's a fairly open-ended question, but if you could, if you could narrow down to maybe a highlight or, or your favorite component of that role, what would it be? Wow. That is really hard. I get a lot of joy when I go and pick up my kids from like daycare and they come running out with like their arms spread open to like jump into my arms and they say daddy or dada, whatever. <laughs> Like that is the coolest feeling to me. I just, I just love it. Like they love you unconditionally. Um, they just like them wanting to play with us, wanting to play with me, wanting to play with my wife, wanting to like snuggle with us in the morning. Like we were, we were having coffee this morning on the couch and my son just looked over and he's like, will you come and snuggle with me? And it's like, hell yeah, I'll come and snuggle <laughs> with you. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, man, it's just moments like that. Like being able to, you know, get them, get them, get them home from daycare kind of early, have a few, you know, two, three hours at night to eat dinner together and um, play some games together, read some books, watch a, watch a episode or two of rescue bots and just get to experience all that, man. It's a, it's all encompassing. It's hard to pick just one. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so I think that gives us a good idea of, you know, the appreciation you've got for, for your wife and the love you've got for your kids and your role as, as father in their lives. I want to circle back now to, to the pin that we put in at the, um, you know, at talking about COVID talking about quarantine, um, talking about what it was like for, for the world to, to kind of really just shut down and, and everybody to be forced uh, to stay at home. And, um, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, in that time, you making the decision to go full time with Garage Gym Lab and leaving, uh, you know, your, you know, your, your full time job, I guess your commercial real estate job behind at that point, I would have to imagine there are some revelations that take place in your own mind mm -hmm. that lead to a, you know, a really a monumental and, and pivotal decision um, in that regard. Can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, something that maybe you learned or a revelation that you had or a perspective change that occurred for you um, as a result of 2020? Yeah, I mean, you kind of said it earlier where it was, you know, um, quarantine and COVID was a was an opportunity to kind of reset. I mean, people like I call it the great reset. It just makes you, it made me think about things, made me think about things a lot differently. Obviously, it was very challenging having two kids at home all the time and trying to manage a full-time job as well as still maintain the, the side hustle that was. And, for you know, from when, when, when quarantine, so if I, if I rewind a little bit, my three-person team at my full-time job dropped down to a two-person team. And then like three months later, quarantine happened. And another six months or so into that, I was still doing the full-time stuff. And I had to really put garage gym lab on the back burner. I mean, I had written, I wrote like three articles during that time. Like it was very slim. I mean, I obviously maintained the Instagram and things like that, but in terms of like website, really pushing the, the envelope, it, it had to take the back burner. And I was, I was, I was sitting there. I was like, you know what, man, nothing is guaranteed. Like we're in this, we're in this world right now where, where this is a serious situation. 
who knows what's what it's going to look like in the future i need to if i'm going to do something like i need to i need to do it like like i said like do what you love and let it show from my dad like be passionate about something and and attack it it you know happened to to be coinciding with a an explosion in home gyms obviously because people couldn't go to the commercial gyms so as you know it was very hard to find gym equipment it just mm-hmm. it just absolutely exploded and that was really the 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 point at which i was like okay i don't see the momentum in the home gym space going anywhere anytime soon even if quarantine or even if this ends like which it has thankfully and it, it continues to do so who knows what it'll look like in the future but regardless people have now tasted the home gym lifestyle. They now know that they can stay fit outside of a commercial gym. I don't think they really knew that because they never were, it was out of necessity that they had to learn it. Now that they have, I don't see them rushing back to the commercial gyms. Membership is going to, membership is going to go back up. There's no doubt about it. I don't think it's going to go up to hundred percent. And the people that have invested like real money into these home gyms or uh, you know, maybe they're going to like a boutique gym, like they're going to stick with those. They're going to continue to invest in those. So I think you'll see a lot of, uh, a lot of momentum going forward, but that was, that was my mentality. I was like, I, this is an op, this is the opportunity. Like if there's, if there's ever a time to leave my job, which isn't guaranteed in this environment either, <clears throat> like how secure was my full-time job? I don't know. Like what's multifamily real estate going to look like um, and, and, in quarantine and all this. And those are, you know, you're, you're in an apartment complex where, where people are, you know, you're relying on them to pay rent. Well, what happens if they can't pay rent? Like, well, I'm probably out of a job at some point. So I was like, let's do it. Like it's, it's, it's now or never kind of thing. And, uh, coming up on a year, man. So just, just keeping it going as best I can. That's, that's nuts, man. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. I love the, uh, the great reset. That's a, that's a great way of phrasing it. And that's, I mean, personally, I I won't go deep into the story now, but that, that really is what it was for me. I had so many perspectives that just seemed to kind of melt away in my life. And I got to rebuild what I really wanted to be the most important things in my, in my life. And, um, it's cool to kind of look around and see other people, you know, like you, who did something similar and, and, uh, and really capitalized on it, did it with, with a lot of confidence and, and led from the front. Um, Adam, you're a guy who you've had a lot of success in a lot of different areas. Um, you've got a beautiful family. Um, you're running your own business now you're crushing it like confident dude. Is there anything that, and I'll ask two similar questions and you can, you could take this either way you want. Is there anything that you find yourself to struggle with personally, or is there anything maybe that you feel yourself uh, consistently working on within yourself? Yes, um, absolutely. And I've got, uh, I've diagnosed ADHD. So I get, uh, I get, I get high, whenever I want to do something, I get extremely hyper-focused on it, like almost to a fault, like where I just tune out other things. So I'm always working on like, okay, yes, you're excited about this. It's really cool. It's a great idea, but you've also got other things in your life that also need your attention, like your family, like the, <laughs> like the, 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 the business that you already have um, going on. So not being, um, 
I, I, there's a there's a saying you know don't don't get distracted by like the glitz and the glam or whatever and you know i i tend to have to remind myself not to do that a, a pretty good bit so yeah concentrating on one thing at a time and not trying to <laughs> juggle juggle too much i could i can relate to that as well i i I'm, i feel like i'm always fighting the same thing um, yeah all right i got i got two more questions for you and then uh, i'll let you get out of here so you can uh, you can run to lunch with your wife um sure. So, like I said, you've 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 accomplished a lot. You've you've got a lot of great things going for you in your life at this point. Um, if you look back over the course of your life to where you are now, what would you say you are the most proud of? Mm. Um, I would say uh, I'm most proud. Well, my family, of course. I'm most proud of being a father above all else. But um, I'm also really proud of of betting on myself. And not living a life that isn't going to uh, create a, a lifetime of satisfaction. Um, I could have stayed in my secure job and had great benefits. And yeah, yeah, quote unquote, secure job, had great benefits, made good money and moved up, whatever. But I knew that it wasn't fulfilling for me. And I knew that it never would be fulfilling for me. So taking that leap and doing something for myself was is something that I'm that I'm very proud of and obviously I'm still working on it I mean it's it'll never it'll never be there like if that makes sense like it's always the goal line's always getting pushed out uh you can always improve I, I truly believe that but um to take that leap and to to know that there is something out there is uh, is something I'm proud of that's awesome yeah there uh, there is no finish line right yeah yeah exactly um, all right. Last question for you. I always say, um, you know, the kids are going to, I think about this all the time. The kids are going to grow old or the kids are going to grow up. We're going to grow old. And one day, you know, we will, we'll leave them with, uh, with nothing more than memories and lessons and, um, fun moments and things like that. Uh, if you put yourself in that standpoint, what do you want your kids to think about when they, when they remember dad, when they think about who dad was and, uh, maybe what they learned from dad? That is a very, uh, that's a very hard question. Um, love, love unconditionally yourself and, and others around you. Um, and never be afraid to be yourself. Go, go forward in life being true to you. Don't conform to what you think society wants you to be. You don't have to go to get a four-year degree and, and go into, you know, what I went into. Like, the world is literally completely open for your taking. So go and do it and be happy and, 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 and love what you do and let it show. Awesome, man. I love it. Um, well, that, that's it for, uh, I think, for our conversation today. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I, I, I'm so thankful that, that you agreed to come on today. It was an awesome conversation. Um, uh, just so much goodness in what you shared. I mean, that's just awesome interview. Thank you for coming on. Um, so for people to find more about you and Garage Gym Lab and everything that you've got going on, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, you can, uh, people can find me basically Garage Gym Lab anywhere. Garage Gym Lab on Instagram, garagegymlab.com, Garage Gym Lab on YouTube, et cetera. Um, I'm on those platforms a good bit too. I'm always available to reach out um, and, and chat with. And, um, you know, I want to take a second too, Brendan, to, to acknowledge you. I think this is a really great 
podcast you have going on and it, it makes you think a little bit differently. And it's really great to have uh, men come together and, and talk about some things that men may not always <laughs> be open talking about. Um, so, so kudos to you on that. And this has been a really fun podcast for me because not that there's anything wrong with it, but all the podcasts I've done and, you know, leading up to this have been, you know, equipment related or, or gym <laughs> or fitness related. So this is a, a, a new experience for me and it was a really fun one. So thank you. Awesome, man. I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Let's, uh, I'm trying to, you know, bring everybody together and show that we're, we're all walking a much more similar journey than I think we often realize or recognize or are willing to admit. So, um, yeah, yeah th thanks for saying that, man. That, that means a lot. Um, well, awesome. Well, thanks dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, brother. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support until next time. Remember to love and lead from the front. See you.